Okay, welcome back to another episode of Nothing New Under the Sun. I'm Dane Fuller. I'm joined again by Gareth Tyndall as we discuss the complexities of modern life and the solutions that can be found in the Bible. Welcome, GT. Morning, Danger. Thanks for having me. Uh, now, before we get started on our main topic today, I think, Dane, we need to let our audience know that we are nuts or nuts. Yeah, that is, uh, that's correct. Um, you know, I was, I was drawing up a, a little logo for the podcast and went to add the initials as a shorthand form in the podcast name when I realised that nothing new under the sun condenses into NNUTS. So I've left it off for the time being, but uh, maybe we might end up embracing our role as nuts, Gareth. Well, perhaps, Dane. I think you know we need to be cautious these days. And even though this is a podcast, um, it may contra- contain traces of nuts. And so if you do have an anaphylactic reaction um, through your ear- earbuds, uh, we apologise uh, in advance. Okay, we'll, uh, we'll move on to our, our topic for today. Um, just excuse both our voices. Uh, the middle of winter, we've both kind of caught the lurgy a bit, but uh, we're, uh, we'll make do with what we've got so far. Now, bullying. Um, whether it's the traditional face-to-face physical bullying or more recent developments of cyberbullying, sadly, Gareth, this is something that occurs in our schools, our workplaces, um, after relationships break down, or by random people online in the social media universe if people happen to differ with your opinion. Um, it can have a devastating effect on individuals, the families involved. I think I'd like to start with the Ten Commandments. We might as well go with a biggie, Gareth. Mm-hmm. Um, now, many of you will be going through the list and thinking, thou shalt not bully. No, I can't really recall that one. But one of the commandments that was delivered to Moses, uh, and it's something I, I actually picked up in a, a YouTube clip by a Jewish scholar and radio host, Dennis Prager, where he uses thou shalt not steal as an injunction not to bully. Yeah, yeah, and I think that's uh, not a bad way to start um, from Dennis Prager where he's taken the commandment and tried to sort of rub beneath the surface of it. Uh, And I think that's a helpful way to think about the Ten Commandments in that they're not just um, these maxims that we just uh, look at concretely and don't use any imagination when we think about them. Uh, the wonderful thing about the Ten Commandments is that they ultimately tell us about how we are to relate to God. You know, that's how the first four kind of focus on. And then uh, the remaining six are about how we are to relate to one another. Uh, and in both of those um, sections of the Ten Commandments, it's about getting God's identity right and about getting our identity right too. So in the first four, uh, it's all about making sure that we realise that God is infinitely worthy and that his name is infinitely worthy uh, and that he's the only God and so he should uh, he's the source of all that is in existence and so therefore he's the source of all our praise Um, and that flows into um, how we relate to one another when we realize that we're made um, in his image Uh, you know people like God people are infinitely valuable Um, they're made by God in his image like little mirrors to reflect uh, his character to the world and so yeah, that one about do not steal, it really does relate to bullying um, and any kind of attack on the person uh, because, you know, stealing reduces a person down to how much the contents of their home worth on eBay. 
Um, but you know, yeah, you're right. You can steal someone's pride. You can steal someone's dignity. Uh, you can steal uh, someone's uh, self-respect and standing in society. You know, you can steal their their jokes, Dane. Like I think I told a story with you before about a guy I went to school with called Neil, who used to take all my jokes uh, and then go and tell four or five girls in quick succession and get a laugh from them, and it used to work. Um, but yeah, you can steal someone's sense of hope and safety when you spend each and every day bullying them uh, for your own, am- own amusement, really. You know, at, the, at their core, bullying is a terrible theft because uh, it denies the value of other people as God's precious creation. You treat them as worthless you're invading their life, plundering all that is precious to them, uh, and you leave them as nothing. It's a, a cruel robbery. And, and I guess from from that perspective too, when we're talking about those intangible things like dignity and and safety, um, they're hard to get back. You know, yes. it's not like taking someone's iPhone or taking someone's car. Yes. Um, you are stealing something that is infinitely more valuable, but much harder to to replace yeah. once those those things have been taken. That's right. That's right. And that's and that's the the, the tragedy of bullying. Uh, and that's why I think that you know you and I have spoken with lots of kids who've experienced bullying. The effects of it linger for a long time. Even when you know we would work as staff to help those kids make peace, the pain is still there. You know, a smashed window you can replace. You know, but a broken a broken conscience is a much more difficult thing to repair and heal. Yeah. Sure. I guess you know pop culture reference for this week. One of my favourite movies is, is The Castle, um, where they have the you know, the high court case about whether they should lose their, their home. And I suppose, you know, the you know, Daryl in that is saying, you know, people are stealing my land. And, you know, he, he makes that reference. I know how the, the Aboriginals feel. Hmm. We've got to stop stealing land in this country. And, and that argument boiled down to the material value of the house hmm. um, was in no way the same as the the intangible value of the home that they created mm. over years with their family and the mm. memories and all those things. So mm. you can't replace it, I suppose. It's, it's much more difficult, isn't it? It is, very much so, yeah. And I think, you know, just touching on the idea of Aboriginal people's connection to their land, that's actually a wonderful illustration, I think, for um, Aboriginal culture teaches us a lot about that intangible link between something tangible. Um, and so, you know, our families and our workplaces are these tangible kinds of domains we inhabit and yet there are these intangible qualities about them that when they get trashed um, we can't replace Uh, and I think that's one of those really powerful things that we need to be aware of in bullying you know how serious it is yeah yeah and people can get quite upset over over simply words and um, Mm. because you know they 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 can can be hurtful Mm. all right now just another one Um, and you know I like how we can extend on those ten commandments they're ten simple commandments Mm. but there's a lot of complexity underneath once we do scratch the surface. So I think something like um, thou shalt not bear false witness could also fall into that category of, of bullying, particularly where falsehoods, lies um, and the like are used to, to bully someone, to cast aspersions, to try and tear them down in the public eye. Mm, yeah. Yeah, I was reading a book um, on the Ten Commandments written by John Dixon uh, and he gave this illustration about how much our society has always valued truth and per, especially personal testimony. Because that, that commandment specifically is about, you know, thou shalt not bear false testimony, about a, a public kind of declaration about someone. And he talks about how in, in California, for example, you can still technically be given the death sentence for bearing false testimony in court. That's how much our society has valued um, honesty. But of course, 
you know, honesty is not just about the courtroom. It's about the classroom, the food court, the skate park, your smartphone. Um, whenever we're communicating, if we bring dishonesty into that mix, especially about other people and what they're worth, uh, we bring destruction, we destroy trust. Um, it's like carrying character kryptonite around with you all the time. Because um, when you lie about someone, uh, especially if you lie in a sense that puts them down uh, in bullying, you're basically saying, you know, this person I'm lying about means nothing to me. Um, I, I need them to look bad or take the blame so that I can save myself. And so it is that extension of theft idea. You know, I'll steal justice or I'll steal what's rightfully this person's and chuck it into that category of falsehood and, and shaming it so that I can look good. Um, and so again, it just comes back to how those, those, especially those last six commandments are all about uh, the good ordering of society. Uh, and when we, when we breach them, we don't just, oh no, you've broken the Ten Commandments. You really do begin to uh, erode those important foundations of our society. Yeah, because trust is, is fairly foundational to any relationship. And, and I guess if you get into that habit, and if it's okay to lie about that person there, who you may not have, you know, a lot to do with, or you know, so you're, you're trying to bring them down to bring yourself up. Yeah. Well, it can be a habit that you can get into, and then those falsehoods can come into your, you know, other parts of your life, yes. um, and you know, it can ruin your closer relationships as well. So yes. it, it can have a, you know, that ripple in the pond effect, I suppose, where it's not just there, mm. it, you know, it reverberates out and and can touch a lot of different people. Um, mm. Mm. I guess our whole civilization is based on. Trust. You can't have commercial transactions without trust either. You know? right. So, so it's it's a fairly important thing for us to uh to not want to mess around with. Mm, and I mean, you know, as much as we don't like to admit it, we do we do operate in a faith based environment. You know, we have we have faith that the chairs we're sitting on right now will hold us up. We have faith um, that the uh, computer we're using to record this podcast won't go bung midway through. Um, and so trust and faith are, you know, are just intertwined and become part of our rational way of living. living. They're not just this ethereal, mystical, superstitious kind of thing. We live in a faith-based society all the time. Um, we just don't always realise that's exactly what we're enacting when we do it. Yeah, yeah. And, and it would be a lot worse place if... Lying became the uh, the standard rather than yeah, telling the truth. You exactly. know, probably take it for granted that when you go through a green light, you've got faith that the other person is waiting at the red light opposite you, <laughs> or um, you know, faith that you flick the switch and your lights are going to go on because yeah. someone has done the job for you down the line to give you electricity and hot water for your shower and, exactly. and all those things are they're faith based and they're, they're mm. trust based, aren't they? Mm. Mm. All right, so let's move um, away from. Those Ten Commandments, which, you know, they are fairly explicit in, mm. in terms of telling us not to, to bully. Mm -hmm. um, where else do we see, you know, these warnings against bullying and, and treating other people poorly in the Bible? Well, I, I was thinking about this and I was <clears> thinking, um, I reckon most people would have this little line in their head, regardless of whether they had um, ever picked up a Bible. You know, they might have thought that, um, you know, Shakespeare said it or maybe... JFK dropped in a speech or Martin Luther King Jr. But that little line, you know, that I, I heard as a kid, you know, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. Uh, now that kind of King Jamesy way of speaking gives you a little hint that at least came from the Bible somewhere. But yeah, it is. It's out of Matthew chapter 7. Uh, it's within Jesus' very famous Sermon on the Mount. Um, 
and it's become kind of known as people call it the golden rule. I know my grandma used to call it the golden rule, um, and it's it's yeah, it's it's pretty straightforward, isn't it? Um, so when it comes to bullying, uh, if you wouldn't want to be bullied by someone, well then uh, you shouldn't bully them. Uh, now the the thing about it, of course, is that that little line just gets cherry-picked out of its context all the time. Like a lot of people, like the Ten Commandments, we can make that mistake as well. Um, but it's given in the imminent, when Jesus is talking about the imminence of heaven, uh, saying the kingdom of heaven is here now in, in, in him. And so he's encouraging us to live now as if that was a reality. Um, and so I think that's really helpful because, you know, we do live in a, in its time now, and I know you and I have come across this before, Dane, with teenagers, where they actually might enjoy being hurt. They actually might enjoy feeling pain and shame. And so that they can sometimes use that as, you know, well, all I've known in my life is pain and hurt. And so I've dealt with that. So that kid can take it. You know, I can dish out pain and hate on him because that's just the way it is. But Jesus is kind of saying, well, it doesn't matter what the way it is now. I'm talking about what heaven is like. And in heaven... Um, there is that self-sacrifice and that genuine caring love for others. And so we live like that now. Yep. So it's, it's not a, an injunction to say it, is it? No, <laughs> that's right. right. being treated like that. Bring that's it on. Right. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <clears throat> yeah. I mean, a, um, a, a place in the Bible that people don't always go to when it comes to bullying, I think people will always go to those passages about um, loving your neighbour as yourself, which we'll get to, but... Um, Romans 14 is a really interesting place too um, because it's a passage where Jesus is, uh, sorry, Paul is speaking about those who are weak and strong, uh, particularly weak and strong in faith. He calls the those who are weak in faith, those who've held on to certain customs um, from maybe their previous Jewish faith um, and they see them, those things, as essential. Um, and Paul doesn't really pick up on those guys and say, oh, no, you shouldn't just ditch all that stuff. You can just trust in Jesus. Instead, he attacks those people who believe that very thing and who are using their strong faith to um, kind of, you know, arrogantly dismiss the weak. You know, Paul will say in verse 13 of chapter 14, let us stop passing judgment on one another. Instead, make up your mind to not put any stumbling block or obstacle in the way of a brother or sister. And then he goes on and says in verse 17, the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. And so then Paul concludes and says, let, let us therefore make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification. Uh, so I think he's beginning to just tap into that idea that bullying or attacking someone else's personal preferences uh, tears at the fabric of our unity. Um, and that's really a, a central part of Christian living is living in unity. Yeah. And that idea of judgment, we, we spoke about that last time as well in terms of how it can stop us... Um, achieving goals because we, we, you know, we judge ourselves against others either poorly or, or um, in a positive light, mm. but that stops us from, uh, from getting better in, in a whole number of ways. So, um, you know, that, that idea of not judging people, yeah, fits nicely into bullying as well because, yes. you know, we've all been guilty of it, um, getting up on our high horse and mm. um, being holier than thou, I suppose, and, mm. and treating other people like they are, they are worse because of an idea that they have or for... Uh, you know, the difference of opinion mm. as well. And the, the funny thing about about that judging is that bullying is is so al almost always this, this really very specific judging and being judgmental. And sometimes 
thing is, is that the bullying doesn't focus on what's untrue. You know, bullies don't usually make up lies about the person they're bullying, you know. So, you know, when I was eight years old, I did have four eyes and big ears, you know, and the bullies, that was not a lie when they said those things about me. Um, the, the, that, that judgment was perfectly accurate, you know. Um, I still do have four eyes and big ears. But the, the lies come in the form of saying, well, those things about you, therefore make you worthless. And that's returning to that idea of, you know, don't bear false testimony in our bullying, I think. Yeah. And, and that's the lie. The lie is that it makes you worthless, not that it's, a, you know, that this person has freckles or, mm. you know, all the little things that we see with kids mm. teasing. Mm. It's, uh, it, they may be accurate in mm. terms of, you know, the physical appearance or, you know, someone might speak funny or, or whatever it is that kids might choose to pick on. Yes. But, yeah, the untruth is that that makes you deserve it of ridicule and being put down and made to feel like you are inferior. Mm. And like, you know, right now you're probably listening to my voice is quite a nasal and whiny and it can be irritating. Um, and that's not an untrue thing to say. Gareth's voice can be irritating. What is an untrue thing to say is to say Gareth's voice is irritating. Therefore, I should treat him with derision um, and instead of bearing with me in love, you know, and perhaps sending me to some kind of vocal projectionist class of some kind. I don't, I'm not sure. Um, elocution lessons. Elocution lessons. That's a great <laughs> word. Yeah, that's right. Um, you know, and Paul will speak in Ephesians 4 of that sinful life as one of untruth, you know, one of life that's corrupted by deceitful desires. But when he speaks of that life that's lived in faith in Jesus, where our minds are renewed to be like God's, the, the very first thing he says is to put away lying and speak truthfully to your neighbour. So that doesn't mean that we can't um, give people uh, loving and encouraging advice. Um, but what it does mean is that we can't speak in a way that, as Paul goes on to say, tears away at the fact that we are all members of one body. You know, so lying, dishonesty, cheating, bullying, um, they don't just affect the cheater and the cheated. As I've said before, it has consequences for all of us. You know, we're establishing a community in disunity where um, we pe think each other uh, is less valuable than ourselves. Yeah. Yep. All right, well... Uh... We might take a little quick break there to mm -hmm. sip on a bit of water and clear our throats and we'll be, uh, we'll be back in a couple of seconds. Okay, welcome back. So Gareth, you know, we spoke about these injunctions not to bully and, and why, you know, lying and, and stealing fit into that category of, of bullying and you know, most people out there will be, will be thinking, yep. Bullying's wrong. We mm. well, we understand that, right? Mm. And then we understand that too. We we all know it is wrong. Um, I doubt anyone sits there plotting and planning how to bully anyone and make their lives absolute hell. Yet it does happen anyway. Um, so the Bible says we shouldn't do it. Right? We, we but we already know it's a horrible thing. Belittling someone, intimidating, causing physical harm, abuse. Um, yet. In this social media age and, and with SMS, it can happen relentlessly. It's a 24-7 thing. Uh, I suppose not like the old days. I won't say the good old days because it was certainly horrible back then too. But <laughs> in the old days of, of schoolyard bullying, it would happen in the schoolyard on the way home. And then there was some, at least some safety mm. and comfort in mm. home. Uh, now people can be contacted you know, through SMS and through Snapchat and uh, through... Yeah, you know, other forms of social media. <clears throat> and, you know, 
our experience as teachers, you know, there's posters and that go up around schools, there's campaigns that local governments run, respect campaigns, the federal government has cyberbullying kind of guidelines and online digital footprint guidelines. Um, and there's even a, a initiative that the local police here run that if someone is being bullied, they can they can get in contact with the police mm. and they will send a postcard to the, the bullier saying, you know, can you please stop? It's, it's not a very nice thing to do. So mm. they're kind of they're good things to, to have in place. Um, we want to give people some respite. Um, but, you know, where do we get some kind of advice on how to deal with bullying in, in the Bible? You know, I've, I've looked, you know, did a little bit of research here and something like James 4, um, 17, you know, if anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is a sin for them. So, you know, if you see bullying happening, are you expected to, to stop it? Um, that good Samaritan law from the last episode of Seinfeld, I think they end up getting <laughs> put, in, put in jail for watching someone get carjacked and yes. recording it and sitting there and laughing and um, whichever the state is, it might have been Massachusetts or somewhere that mm-hmm. um, have had that new law um, in regards. I think, it, I think they said it was something to do with the Princess Die crash where people just said they're That's right. And, That's um, right. I remember that now. Um, yes. So, and I know, you know, there's a, there was a famous murder and rape in the seventies in the US where the you know the people heard the girl screaming out, it was in a block of units and no one actually did anything and, and they found out the next day mm. that this woman had been been killed and they just thought she was having a you know, some people thought she was laughing, some mm. people didn't realise, you know, what the screams meant. It was just a domestic dispute, all those things. So mm. Mm. we can't just sit back and let it happen. No, absolutely not. You know, we we're called uh, as Christians, um, to active and uh, being proactive in seeking uh, loving others. Um, and that, that passage you touched on from James 4, um, it's interesting there because, you know, James gives that little injunction there just after he's been criticising those people who have been scheming and plotting and planning about how they're going to map out the rest of their life. Uh, and particularly with, you know, we'll go and do business in this town and that town and make money. And it's very kind of material-oriented and selfish. Uh, and James's kind of uh, chastising of them there is to say to them that, you know, you don't even know what's going to happen tomorrow. You know, your life is a mist. Um, and so he's saying, how can you scheme and plan when you really don't have any control? Uh, and so he puts it back on them and says, well, look, if that's the reality, the reality is that, you know, your life could end tomorrow or that Jesus could return tomorrow, then you must live kind of in the moment, you know, and in each moment must be lived um, in doing good, um, you know, and then that's, you know, James was Jesus's little bro, um, and so, you know, he knew his brother's teaching well, uh, and, you know, if you read James, it's just soaked in uh, the way his brother spoke, uh, and so when he goes to... Um, when you think about that in light of what Jesus said in, say, Matthew 25, uh, he tells this little story about, um, you know, Jesus returning uh, and the righteous saying to him, you know, hey, puts the sheep on his, on his right and the goats on his left. And then he says, come, to, come, you who are blessed by my Father, inherit the kingdom uh, prepared for you from the foundation of the world. And then he goes on to say, look, 
You know, when I was in hung, when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to eat. When I was a stranger, you took me in. When I was naked, you clothed me and housed me. And I was sick, you cared for me. And the people go, whoa, 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 Jesus, when did we see you needing all these things? And he says, well, uh, you saw them. Whatever you did for one of the least of these brothers of mine, you did for me. Uh, and so when we see someone in need uh, and we ignore them, we're not only ignoring the commandment that Jesus gives us, but we're rejecting the truth uh, that we live in an eternal reality where every single action should be judged on how will what I do right now um, map out with the reality that Jesus is coming back, map out with the reality that Jesus is my Lord and Saviour. If I don't treat that person with the same love and self-sacrifice that Christ treated um, us on uh, with at the cross, uh, then, you know, we are doing an injustice. Um, and I think that's helpful to remember is that the cross is where Jesus actually, um, God brings his justice. I mean, we see how just how much we matter to our God, um, that he would not bring justice on us, but on his son, uh, the one who only ever gave true testimony, the one who only ever is the truth. Um, he's scourged with all our betrayal, all our bullying, all our lying, um, so that we don't have to suffer and be destroyed uh, anymore. I, I like that um, that idea that living in the moment is not, you know, telling people to go out and do whatever they, they want. Um, yeah. it, it flips it on its head and says, no, living in the moment means that we have to be doing good at all times because mm. there might not be a chance to do it tomorrow. Mm. There might not be a chance to do it in six months' time or, you know, I'll, I'll get to that later. I'll yes. get to my goodness, you know, you know at, at a later date when I'm feeling a bit more comfortable. Mm. Um so yeah, I, I think it's it's good. It puts that constraint on individualism, which which is is fairly again foundational to Christianity that everyone is has individual worth. Yeah. But your individual worth um, is is important because you have other individuals that you need to assist, and, mm. and and it's not enough to just not not do bad. Doing good is is the is the most important thing. And um, mm. I think it's, a, it's Edmund Burke, you know, evil can proliferate through the indifference of, of good men. There will, there will yeah. always be bad, there will always be evil, there will always be suffering in people who do do the wrong thing mm. or fall on hard times for, for mm. whatever reason, for no mm. fault of their own. Um, but if we're indifferent to that, then you know we're not living up to our end of the bargain, I suppose, are we? And uh, no. it's, uh, it's really, really important kind of to, yeah, to flip, that, flip that over. Yeah, the cross kind of reminds us very clearly of just how how dearly achieved um, our value is. We were so we were so valuable to God that He would put His Son to death on the cross for us, and so how dearly achieved uh, His love is for us, and so how dearly dearly must we seek out the needs of other people and do it in the moment, like you said. Yeah, yeah, and then it kind of makes the hardship we may have to go through mm. to do good mm. pale into insignificance. I guess, you know, that there there would be no bigger sacrifice. You know, you're a you're a parent, I'm a I'm a I'm a parent, you know, yeah. we've both got both father of children. Um, and to think that that's the kind of sacrifice that was made uh, like with God on our behalf, there's probably nothing that we could really turn our nose up at and say, Yeah, that's gonna be a little bit too difficult. Mm. Yeah, that guy's mm. being bullied. Yeah, well, it's all right. I don't have to do anything about it. Um, so, 
yeah, I think that, you know, gives us, it's probably something we can't live up to all the time, but it's certainly, you know, that sky's the limit in terms of what we can go through mm. to help others um, and to stop people suffering and going through uh, adversity, either through no fault of their own or at the hands of, of someone else. Yeah. No, I'm with you, there, with you there, Dane. Thank you. Okay, well, that's, uh, that's probably all we've got to say for this week. Um, we hope you enjoyed listening to us again. Um, we'll try and get another one up in the next couple of weeks. So, Gareth, thanks for having that chat about bullying. Thanks, Dane. All right. See you later. See you later. Yeah.